Gentlemen, welcome to Cartridge. The first rule of Cartridge Club is you do not talk about Cartridge Club. The second rule of Cartridge Club is you do not talk about Cartridge Club. Yar, this be P1 of the Cartridge Bros. <laughs> I'm here with me, mate P2. How are you, P2? Doing great, doing great. Uh, it's nice to have you back, P1. Thank you. I'm uh, just fresh from out at seas, playing this Star Tropics game. All right, man. I think that, <laughs> I think that's good. I don't think this is gonna work. Wait, it's not. It's it's no good. Yeah, no. Um, it's not quite gravelly enough. I think is what it is. Uh, well, you know, I wasn't really doing an impression of P1. I was doing an impression of Ramvox's impression of P1. And well, I, you had me fooled. I I guess I need some <laughs> practice. <laughs> Well, in case you uh, didn't guess, uh, I am not P1. I am uh, buried on Mars, and uh, I am filling in uh, to the huge, humongous shoes of, uh, <laughs> of P1s uh, for this uh, uh, podcast of Star Tropics. Uh, what episode is this? Is this episode... 12, I think. 12. But it's yeah. not a year yet. It'll be a year next month. You got it. At the Cartridge Club been around. Pretty crazy. Big milestone. Pretty crazy. Well, we have a, a, a lineup of some great guests, uh, so let's just get right into it. Let's start with them. So first up, we have from, um, can I say you're from Portland, Oregon? I guess you just did. <laughs> okay. Well, I can, we can edit it out. If I say. But sure. all the way no, 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 no. I say it I think people know because, okay, well, fair enough. Then uh, all the way from Portland, Oregon is the Nintendo Doctor. Welcome to the show, Nintendo Doctor. Glad to be here. So you prefer just Doc, right? Doc or doctor, whatever. Okay, well, we'll call you the doc. So, doc, um, one thing I like to do to get to know people a little bit better is to ask them what their favorite video game is. So, what is your favorite video game? Oh my, that's um, tough. That's that's tough. You can do it. You can do it. Just think. First game that comes to mind is. Um. Let's go with Counter Strike 1.4. Oh wow! Wow, PC yep. guy. I like that. I like there you it. Oh. Okay, and you have you have a uh, uh, YouTube channel. I do. It's called the Nintendo Doctor. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? So I started this buddy. Um, we do a lot of pickups, and living in the Pacific Northwest, I get to go to a lot of really good expos. So I get to shoot that. We go to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, Seattle Gaming Expo, Calix Gamers for Kids, and just kind of chronicles my journey of trying to get a complete NES and a complete 64 set. Wow, so you're going for the complete NES as well? Yep. Wow, that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. impressive. Yeah. I'm about 600 right now. Wow. So you're, cl- you're what, I'm closing in. Two, 250 away or so? Is um, how many? 168. Yeah. 168. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> we got the right guy on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Before I yeah, switch over right. to the next guest, though, uh, Doctor, I got to say I watched your um, Tales of uh, Xilia Two. Is it that's how you say it? Xilia? Mm-hmm. Tales Xilia, of Xilia, yeah. Two uh, unboxing, uh, pretty cool. Uh, kind of in, kind of interested in the game out now. Uh, so next we have Rip from the Narc Podcast. Welcome, Rip. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm glad to be here. Hey, Rip. We're glad to have you here. You're not really a big on YouTube. You're not really a YouTube guy. You do YouTube videos. Uh, yeah, it's more of like a vlog type thing. I was uh, doing collection update videos, you know, 
two or three years ago, but the, chronicling my uh, NES collection, which is now three games away from being complete. Three games. Wow. Well, well actually, uh, it's actually four. I'll say four. Wow. That's pretty okay. impressive. Why, why does it keep switching from three to four? Well, I'll never get stadium events, and I don't feel like dropping seven grand to get one. Ah. And <laughs> all I'm missing are the three Panesian porno games, Hot Slots, Peekaboo Poker, and Bubble Bath Babes. Okay. The cream well, of the fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but you, have, you, have, you really have all the games that are worth playing, then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I literally have everything. Um, I called the unlicensed... Uh, really, the crowning achievement in my collection is half of it's boxed and complete. Wow. So wow. I've been trying to piece it together and get it as close to uh, complete as possible. And then I'm also big into Sega Genesis as well. I have all the pretty much the rares for that, minus maybe a few un- unattainable ones like the Blockbuster Genesis mm-hmm. Championship, stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm a relatively I'm a relatively big collector, but it's pretty much stops after... Uh, the Sega, or maybe even Super Nintendo. Right. Hmm. Okay, that's very cool. Um, and I guess your your main focus is the uh, the Narc podcast. That's your uh, right, right. Where, yeah. Where you you uh, and uh, John Payne and uh, uh, Chris Roberts talk about uh, you're you're all trying to chase uh, the complete NES collection. Yeah, they're um they're pretty much almost done. They've got. Little Samson, they've got pretty much all the rest. Um, I think Chris is maybe missing Dinosaur Peak. And then just trying to get the filler games, you know, Pro Sport Hockey, Casino Kid 2, stuff like that. That's the esoteric stuff that people don't actually want to own, but if you want a complete collection, you need to get them. But right. yeah, it's yeah. Um, pretty much uh, me, John Payne, NES Payne, and Chris Roberts were in the North American Retro Collective NARC podcast. That's what we do uh, mm-hmm. once a month, and we talk about classic game collecting. And kind of all sorts of topics in retro culture. Um, actually, you know, you and your brother were on uh, in four months ago. Oh yeah, and awesome. y'all were yeah, y'all were the first to uh, demo the Geek Night trivia, and oh, you promptly it. stomped the other hosts. <laughs> <laughs> I love that about your podcast. The trivia is amazing. It's uh, it's probably my favorite part of the show. I think now, probably because I was a part of it, <laughs> and now I'm hooked on it. But uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's a yeah, great it's podcast. Cool. So yeah, I'm glad to be uh, on the Bros podcast, even though we're not at full strength with the P1 out there floating in the. I, I'm trying to carry. I'm trying to carry the show. I'm trying my best here. You're doing good. <laughs> a lot of stress. A lot of pressure, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like I'm playing Mike Tyson's Punch Out right now. Jeez. Oh yeah. He's listening right now too, and he's judging. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's like, oh man, I wouldn't have said that. This guy to host. Okay, so what do we do now? We talk about the game Star Tropics, which was the game of the month of August. Yeah. And uh, we've all played it. We've all had some good times with it. Uh, so let's turn it over to P2, who will give us a little overview of the game. All right. Yeah, like you said, we were playing Star Tropics this month for the Cartridge Club. Star Tropics actually came out in 1990 by Nintendo. I can't believe it's been that long. But yeah, and the funny thing is that uh, the first one, and there was actually a sequel for it as well, but neither of them ever came out in Japan. Which is kind of strange. I never knew that until recently as well. And I'm guessing that's probably why we probably haven't seen any releases since the early 90s. Which is sad. But yeah, my first impressions with the game and my first memories of it were... I think I was five, maybe six years old. And I I seen somebody down the street trying to sell theirs. So I had myself a little yard sale. Sold off some of my toys and things that uh, I knew I wasn't going to play with anymore. 
just so I could get my hands on it. And it was sort of the first game I ever acquired with my own money, I guess you could say, even though I didn't buy the toys that I sold. But So anyway, I guess it's just <laughs> my parents. But still, that uh, that is my earliest memory of Star Tropics. And uh, I've beaten it several times since then. But just do, do you remember? Last, yeah, go Do ahead. you remember what toys uh, you had to sell to get the... <laughs> I had this, like, it was like a dinosaur cave, I guess you'd call it. But it was sort of like a fortress or dungeon and the dinosaurs would fight these like soldiers so <laughs> so it was a good trade then <laughs> yeah yeah it's <laughs> something i wouldn't be uh wishing i had now that's for sure very good and, uh, and then it was just little knickknacks but uh i actually do remember regretting selling that when i was really young but uh looking back now i'm really happy i did cool. but uh out of curiosity uh, let's start with you rip did uh, what what's your first memories playing star Tropics? was this your first time playing it uh, no, I rented it when I was probably nine or ten years old. I was staying at my grandmother's over the summer, and they had a little cheap mom-and-pop rental store back in the day when you could rent you know, cartridge-based video games. I'm really dating myself. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember 99 cents, I, I scrapped together, and I rented it. And I initially thought it was a lot like Zelda yeah, because it had the, you know, the kind of top-down adventure aesthetic to it, but... It's not one of my favorite games, but I, I definitely took the challenge from P1 to uh, give it another shot in my later years, and maybe I have a, a different feeling about it now. But back then, it was, I was lukewarm towards it. Yeah, I might, I might be in the minority, but no, I think uh, because of the look, it does have a very similar look to Zelda, and I think people go in expecting it to play the same. And a lot of people, I think, had that same first reaction that you had, whereas this isn't Zelda, and uh, and I want it to be. So <laughs> so I don't like this. So yeah, I don't think you're alone in that. But uh, how about you there, Doc? Is this your first time playing through? This is uh, the first time I played. I had the game I got about a year ago. I got it complete in box. Nice. And someone really suggested I needed to get this in addition to Neat for the collection because it came with the letter. Ooh. So, <laughs> you actually have the letter, do you? Yes. Oh, nice, nice. Did you dip it in water? Uh, I misted it in water. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if it would go back to its state. So right. So right. when it you works. got it, it wasn't already dipped in. It was undipped. Undipped. That is impressive. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Holy cow. So yeah, uh, what were your first overall impressions of it? I I, I liked it. Uh, like Rip said, it really reminded me of Zelda. Yeah, uh, just the registering screen and kind of the overworld. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was definitely a challenge. Right on. From back when NES games were hard. Yeah, it definitely has that NES hard aspect to it, that's for sure. Especially later in the game. We'll get into that in a bit. Um, how about you, Kev? Was this your first time through? This was my first time playing through the game. I actually don't remember anybody playing this game, including myself, back in the day. I totally forgot all about it for years. Wow. The only thing I did remember was the Nintendo Power with the parrot on the cover. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, someone in my class had that, that Nintendo Power, and I just thought that was so weird. Because usually on Nintendo Power, there was a, a picture of Mario running away from a monster or <laughs> Link with a sword or something. And on this one, there was a, there was a parrot. And I just, yeah. <laughs> it was so bizarre. And it, uh, I remember, I, like, I didn't really get into renting NES games until the late '90s when I had, when I got my hands on an NES, and I always passed it by because I thought it was an RPG, because um, uh. I didn't know anything about it. I wasn't into RPGs at all. Right. And then uh, it wasn't until uh, the Happy Video Game Nerd did a video review of it, 
and I'm like, oh, that's the game. That's the game with the parrot. <laughs> that that, and it was all coming back to me. Parrot. So uh, I I bought the game because he made it look so so much fun. So I I, uh, I think I bought it online or something. Uh, maybe a few months later when I found it for a good price and uh, played a little bit of it. I think I I looked at my old save when I when I put it in for this uh, playthrough and I made it to chapter 3 and chapter 3 is really big so I'm not exactly sure where but uh, I think I dropped it because I got really frustrated <laughs> I had the exact same thing uh, I went through the exact same thing uh, Rip went through was you go you go into this game and it, it looks and feels so much like Zelda right? Uh, except for Mike uh, Mike is you know the main character and there's like this grid pattern uh, you know, every every room is like uh, you know you're you're almost in a grid, and you can only move a square at a time. And if you go in and trying to play it like Zelda, where you try to um, knock out every enemy as quickly as possible and get the pickup so you can move on, uh, you're going to get really frustrated with this game. Oh yes. Um, you know, you got to go into every room with a little bit of strategy. It's almost like every step <laughs> you need a strategy. Yeah. And you know, it wasn't until I got started thinking like that and started playing the game like star tropics that um and that's this time around you know last time i gave up this time i really tr gave the game a try and uh it wasn't until this time that i got into treating it like star tropics and stopped treating it like zelda and i got into the game right on and you uh, actually had the ability to share that with a lot of different people why don't you tell everybody about your little oh. series there which is yeah amazing. i guess i guess i should <laughs> yeah. uh yeah uh what I've been doing uh, this uh, new series on on my channel, Buried on Mars, on YouTube, is I'll I'll go back and I'll play uh, a, you know a challenging um, NES branch out to Sega Genesis and that. But I've only done Super Mario Brothers because that was a game that I always wanted to beat, and I finally beat that last month. And this month I thought I'd bring in the Cartridge Club uh, game because we were playing a hard old school NES game, right. and uh, I basically documented it. It's kind of like a documentary. Uh, with the let's play, but there's there's you know it's it's edited together, so it's not a big long boring uh, let's play. I just get to the good parts where I'm struggling through the game, and you can watch me you know get frustrated and angry at the game. Um, but yeah, that was that was part of it. At the at the end of my first video, uh, I say I, I'm done with this game. I'm gonna I'm gonna quit this game, and I was dead serious. I was like I was not doing that for effect. I was like ready to quit. Uh, <laughs> I even hung up my that. I wear I wore a Hawaiian shirt for it. I know, <laughs> and I I even hung up the Hawaiian shirt and I started shooting other stuff, and then the game just kept eating away at me. I didn't like, know no, that you, part. That's funny. You can't. No, this is all behind the scenes. It's like you can't just let the game beat you like that. So I started playing it some more, and then that's when it got into me. So that's where that's where I did the ending, where it's like that, that rant was all bullshit. But I, you know, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's a great series, and I got to tell you, especially where I had beaten it so many times in the past, I had forgotten just how frustrating it is your first time through, and being able to yeah. experience that watching you was uh, it was yeah pretty awesome yeah. Well, we'll get into it a little more when we talk about gameplay. For sure, yeah. for sure, yeah. for sure. Okay, so now we're going to get into uh, let's talk about the story of the game. It's kind of a it's a gameplay. The gameplay is really the the focus of this particular game and not so much the story. The story kind of takes a back seat because it's kind of odd, we'll say. Uh, it essentially <sighs> starts out with uh, Mike showing up on this island, going to visit his uncle and finding out that uh, he's been lost or abducted. 
Uh, kind of a strange story. He's told he's the only hope to go help uh, find him for some reason. We're not really sure why. But uh, just out of curiosity, what did you guys think about the overall story arc? Let's start with you, Kev. How did you think about the story? And it, it was okay for an NES game, I guess. There was a lot of uh, plot holes, will we say. <laughs> it really makes no sense why this 15-year-old boy is the only one that can save the world. Uh, you know, Link is always, there's always like this thing with Link. There's like some sort of mystical thing about him. Like people see it and they're like, oh, you're the guy. You're wearing the green outfit or something. Right. You know, this game gives you nothing of that. <laughs> Mike is like, he's from Earth. You know, he's supposed to be a regular boy. Uh, you know, and the, everything that's making everything easy on these islands are aliens. Aliens yeah. came down and they made all these monsters. <laughs> you know, you got this, this island chief. He's like this big, huge muscular guy he, he looks like a wrestler uh mike you go and find out what's going on find out where your uncle your is yo -yo. missing yeah we don't know where he is Here, here's your yo-yo go check it out you know you're in, and i guess the thing was that he's an ace pitcher right he's supposed yeah. to be like a crack shot so they say it still would send in a team though you know you could use a brawler you know for those big enemies yep. mike would be like the the range guy you know yeah true enough the, the sniper something <laughs> Definitely not your normal first choice for a hero, but uh, no, no. <laughs> came out but of the blue, I guess. If you can get past that, then you know the story's all right. Right. Uh, I saw that. I saw that you wrote in the uh, um, outline though that saving an alien race from other aliens. I missed that part of the game. What What is that about? That is oh. uh, near the end of the game, actually. But uh, so as you're going through the game, you're you're just looking for your uncle for ninety percent of the game. Right, and the last ten percent of the game switches to this story where um, an alien craft has landed and uh, they're causing all this trouble, and you're trying to stop the evil aliens who were attacking good aliens. Oh, okay, the the kids with the pointed ears. Right, right. right. That's okay, the now last it's coming of their back species. To me. Yeah, <laughs> right. See, I was so I was just sweating that whole last part of the game. <laughs> I was just like, okay, because this game. I know I'm getting into the gameplay, but it gives you so much that you got to think about. You got to remember so many things that, yeah, the story was just like whatever. I just keep moving forward. Right. It definitely played a backseat, but it served its purpose. What did you think about the overall story, Rip? Any, any, anything interesting to you? Um. Well, the fact that he's a pitcher, one would think if you know there was trouble afoot and they needed help, he'd call his whole baseball team or even his coach for that matter <laughs> to help him out. True. But, uh, I mean, I, I think that. Uh, it's funny that the hero game is a ginger. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> Probably the first time in history that, uh, you never know. heard of that. <laughs> he's a redhead. Yeah, hmm. that is true. Yeah, I can't really think of any other redheaded uh, heroes from games. Hmm. Hmm. Man. How about you, Doc? What did you think about the story? Uh... I think the story kind of took a backseat. I think more of the story was the interaction with the island itself. and Fair enough. Everything. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, it really does focus on the gameplay a lot. They kind of mix in a Superman origin story at the very end. Yeah. Really, and so I'm just like, <laughs> oh, okay. Just out of nowhere. I know. It's like, oh, all right then. I, uh, I just saved an alien race. I thought I was just <laughs> saving my uncle. But that's cool. But yeah. I like that. I like that twist at the end, I guess you could say. I think there's a lot of tie-ins to a lot of 80s culture and whatnot. Fair enough. That's true. Throughout the whole game, really, with the bosses. and Yeah, that's true. The bananas. And the bananas. You want to talk bananas. about the banana joke now? Because I'm okay. dying to know where it comes from. <laughs> so throughout the game, there's three things that keep coming up. There's cola, 
bananas and yo-yos. Right. And the bananas, what it references back to is this old Sesame Street little sketch between Bert and Ernie. Huh. And what oh, happens is really? Ernie has bananas in his ears and Bert walks out oh. and he's trying to talk to him. <laughs> that and is he, so awesome. <laughs> and, and Bert keeps going on and Ernie's just can't hear him and oh, finally Bert. Ernie turns to him and goes, sorry Bert, I can't hear you. I have bananas in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I didn't know that. That's amazing. And then later there's a second sketch about keeping everyone safe by putting bananas in his ears from alligators and Bert goes, Ernie, what are you doing? You don't need bananas for keep alligators away from Sesame Street. It's like, well, it's clearly working. <laughs> Fair enough. Can't argue that. I never knew that. Uh, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's a new the fourth one. wall, I guess. Yeah, wow. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, because there's a lot of things like that throughout the game there. You're like, either this is really random or I'm missing something. And a lot of times like this, I'm just missing something. So Well, the, the game definitely does have a sense of humor. Oh, um, definitely. Like when you meet um, uh, the, the, the I'm not sure she wasn't part of a, a beauty pageant or something, but she was like the representative of one town, and she right. thought she, like she was the prettiest girl uh, on the planet. And it's like she asks you, "Am I am I the prettiest girl?" And right. you better not say no. You better say yes. <laughs> and then the, the girl in the next town over, uh, she says uh, she actually asks you to compare her to the first girl. That's right. That's right. And it leaves you no out. There's no like. It's either you pick this girl or you pick the other girl there's no like oh you're both good looking there's you can't be political you got to choose one so of course she's there yeah. right in front of you you're, you're definitely pick her. picking her yeah and then she tells you you have great taste <laughs> and that you're honest you say uh, the other right girl. right i never tried oh it loops it oh does it oh, yeah okay. you, you you have to that's funny wow typical like woman yeah exactly right yeah. just like real life <laughs> anyway moving on <laughs> Let's get into the characters then, since the story's pretty weak. Let's talk about the main character, Mike himself. And uh, as Rip pointed out earlier, he is a ginger, and we heard he's a pitcher. But uh, other than the freckles and the odd character portraits, what else do we know about him? It's like in every different scene, he looks completely different. Uh, what do you yeah. think about that, Rip? What did you What did you think about his different portrayals? I guess we could say. Yeah, the uh, it's kind of odd, you know, because when you're top down overworld, he's you know shrunk down smaller, and then when you're playing him, he's bigger. It kind of reminded me of uh, Blaster Master. You know, you get out of uh, ah, yeah. your little Sophia oh, yeah. and you're small. And then when you get inside the world, you're bigger. I like that aspect of the, you know, the, the size differential. But I have a huge problem with him being, you know, he has black or brown hair in the gameplay. But then when you <laughs> see his actual face, he's got freckles and orange hair. So it kind of threw me off for a while. Yeah, that's fair. It is strange. You know, I wonder why they chose to do that. I don't know. It was almost like as if those uh, screenshots, which kind of act as the cutscenes in the game, think they, they were sent off to another, uh, you know, out, like it was outsourced to, right. to somebody else. You right, know? right. Uh, and they just gave them an outline, like a kid with a bananas <laughs> in his ears. Okay, so they just drew a kid with bananas in their ears. Right. Yeah. Having no frame of reference of what the kid actually looks like. I think redheads were writing letters. That's what I think. <laughs> it could have been. It's <laughs> They finally got their hero. <laughs> the funny thing too is that it actually it it if you hit the pause button in the dungeon because you got like this medium sized Mike like he's like he's tall and skinny and then on the world map he's like short and fat right. and if you hit the pause button in the dungeon he reverts to world um, yeah. Mike and he turns small and fat and he's holding a big pause sign. <laughs> yeah, it is strange. I, I yeah. really don't get the method to it, but. Uh... 
I think they just had one animation for pause because you can pause on the on the world map as well, oh, and they okay. just got lazy and used the same for both. <laughs> right on! I never even thought of that. Did How that about you? Like, oh, go ahead, Doc. Say, that, ask you. Um, did that look like Lolo at all? Like when they pause, they have the little signs. Yeah, you're right. Just, it did. Yeah, making that up. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> also, after you beat the game, the the cutscene animations of Mike. They're very detailed and very, very well done for an oh, NES. Awesome. I know. I was I've away. never seen anything like that. Yeah. No, I was really impressed with the uh, the ending of the game. Like, just how uh, above and beyond Nintendo went with that. Because I that's got to be the most elaborate. Any, like, I haven't beaten too many NES games, but it's the most elaborate I've seen. Right. And I think there was a thank you message for Howard Phillips, maybe, at the end. Uh, who was it? No, I, I know somewhere in the game they reference. I think Nestor, who was also a ginger. Right. True. That's true. It, yeah, they definitely was, uh, thank Howard Phillips at the end after the credits. Which well, I there was, was pretty neat. There was full credits in the in the game too, which yeah. is pretty rare for an NES game, like scrolling and everything. Yeah, that's true. Well, when Mike Jones is shrunk down into the smaller version, he looks a lot like uh, the art style of like Legacy of the Wizard, like real shrunk down like he has no mouth that's also kind of interesting like <laughs> he doesn't have a mouth yeah <laughs> his hairstyle kind of changes too because his world map he's got that almost superman swirl on his forehead yes and then in the regular game he's just got a regular bangs yep ah, it's always been interesting yeah hmm. but how about uh, his little sidekick in the game navcom <laughs> You mean Robbie the robot? Yeah, you guys think yeah. he looks a lot like Rob? Is that just yeah, no? It never crossed Holy my mind. Rod. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's pretty interesting though. He uh, he certainly helped out along the way. Uh, anybody have anything interesting to say about Navcom? No. So I'm curious. Yeah. Um, when you get the ID numbers at first, did anyone else write them down, thinking that they need them for later? I did when I was younger, but I don't even remember what they were for. Were they were oh. for anything? Uh, I, I think they were to give you some direction. They were left by your uncle. And I was frantically writing down these three and four digit numbers, and then it <laughs> automatically enters it in for you. Oh, right. Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It makes you wonder, because you figure NES hard especially, they would make you write that down. <laughs> they have you dipping water or paper into, uh, into yeah. water, but <laughs> they don't ask you to record your coordinates. So it's pretty yeah. interesting. I don't want to veer off topic since we're talking about characters. I, I yeah, I feel like you know Mike Jones and even Rob should have been in Smash Brothers. I mean, they're an they're a Nintendo property that hasn't been touched. I completely agree. And you and know I, what? I'm the only one who's thought of this. I don't even play Smash, and I just came up with that a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're exactly right. And I think if we got him on there, I'm I'm positive that would mean there's either a a reboot coming or there might be one in the future. Um, but. It's just a matter of how it was never released in Japan. I don't know if it'll ever be on. Do you guys think it'll... Kevin, do you ever think he'll make it into Smash Brothers? Not if he's... Uh, it's got to be a new game or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I just although, although they did put oh. Nestor in the... Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. There, yeah. There was a rumor for a while about a Star Tropics 3 for the Wii, but sadly then never came to boot. Right. I remember when... Uh, they were talking about, I think it was, uh, who was Retro? Was Retro Studios was working on uh, a new game, and nobody knew what it was. 
ended up being uh, Tropical Freeze, I think it was in the end. Mm, but people right. were just hoping it was a Star Tropics game. Actually, Someday. We didn't, we didn't ask. Did everybody played this on the NES? They didn't, uh, anyone played on the virtual console? or? I, I actually played it on both. Oh, nice. oh okay. Um, and there's some difference between the virtual console. You know I know what? the the yo-yo isn't called the yo-yo, right? It's called yeah, the it's, island it's star. It's called star. Yeah, right. you first get a star, and then they upgrade the star. And I wasn't quite sure why they wouldn't want to like cross promote a yo-yo. Maybe there's some legal issue. Uh, yeah. Yo-yo might the, be copyrighted now. Yeah, that's I, the I, thing is that the name must have got copyrighted at some point yeah. along the way. Which is too funny. <laughs> It'd be weird to play that game without it calling it that. What yeah. other differences do you know of, Doc, in the uh, virtual um, console? So when you get the virtual console game, they or Nintendo actually delivers you with the virtual letter of the physical letter. That's awesome. And you can dip it in water. That's so cool. What's the graphic like? Does it show it actually dipping in water? or? Um, so it shows a sheet of paper, and there's, I think, a little button where water is or a bucket. Right. And you press it, and then it comes up with the perts. Okay, I see. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Anything yeah. else that you know of? There is a... Uh, a trick to skip the first boss in the NES game, and I'm not sure if it's in the virtual console game. Oh, please do tell. Okay. Um, so when you're in the dungeon, you're fighting the snake. Yeah. If you progress forward to the tile that's closest to him, and you intentionally get hit, you can jump forward and <laughs> bypass the boss. Oh, no like, way! Yeah, there, there's a glitch. You, you get hit once, you jump forward, and it goes to the next board, and the snake's dead, you see his bones, and you can just continue on. That is amazing. <laughs> cool. I did not know that. So there was that. Um, and then I know in the NES version, I also think it's in the virtual console, there's a way to get infinite big hearts. Oh, I think I know somebody here who knows that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's in Chapter 6. Is it the beginning of Chapter 6? Yeah, beginning of Chapter 6. Uh, at the first dungeon, you can go in the first dungeon uh you get a, you get a big heart before you go into the dungeon it's in like the one of the mazes you go into mm-hmm. the dungeon you get killed and you can go back out you can exit out of the dungeon and get that heart again and you could continue continuously pick that up and just keep going and going uh, until you have full hearts but right. then when you get onto chapter seven uh it defaults to the maximum number of hearts that you're supposed to have oh. if, you, if you found them all. I did not know that part. Yeah, so it actually is pretty useless. I did all that. Um, and <laughs> it's really a lot chapters, of walking. It is. <laughs> and chapter walking. six is difficult, but once you know what you're doing, you don't really need all that extra health. Right. The, the end boss is ridiculously easy to get by. and so. But you're thinking, oh, but this is going to help me in chapter seven, chapter eight. Now. It's it's gone, right. and then when you get to chapter eight, uh, you get uh, full health anyways. So, and that's get, why uh, the magic cubes. That's right. And, and right, I remember yeah, for, I forgot cubes. all about that. And when we, I got back to it this month, I was like, I thought I was missing all these hearts, and I was like, Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> they just give them to me. That's awesome. See, again, you're treating the game like Zelda. I gotta go find all these hearts. Right. But no, it's, this is Star Tropics. <laughs> you gotta right. play Star Tropics rules. I know it's it's hard to to separate the two for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about. Uh, we could probably lump all these other characters in. I mean, we have the shaman that everybody remembers from the game Overscream. Yeah. She's yeah. always fun. 
Then there's the funny looking chiefs, like the uh, the different portraits that you find throughout the game. They're always hilarious looking. I don't know why they were so funny looking. Did anybody <laughs> else find they looked strange? How about you, Rip? What did you think of them? <laughs> oh, they they were definitely goofy looking. Yeah, sure. what is that all about? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else get sick and tired of seeing that shaman lady? Oh yeah, I was done. Oh jeez. <laughs> the, the shaman lady is actually uh, the sister of the the first chief. I think. First chief, right? Yeah. The Cola Chief. Now, was it just me, or did anyone else think that the Chief looked like Mario and Luigi? Wow, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. The first one, definitely the, Mario. The first yeah. two Chiefs, uh, one has a blue shirt, and he looks like Mario, and the second Chief is kind of wearing a blanket, and they use the same sprite, I want to say, and it looks like <laughs> Mario. <laughs> oh, that's very interesting. Then you get a tall, skinny guy. I wonder like, if that was on hmm. purpose. Hmm. I'm Facial hair. Well, what did you guys think about uh, Princess Mika, Mika, and the Argonians? That's the uh, the princess of the alien race and the alien race that you save, which come out of these cubes at the end of the game. Was anybody else caught off guard by this? It's a little strange. How about, yeah, uh, I, how about you, Kenneth? I totally was, yeah. I, I didn't understand what the heck was going on. I just knew I beat the game, and I was exhilarated. <laughs> so happy. Yeah. Why I was like, okay, it? alien kids, great. Way to go. <laughs> Way to go, Mike. Yeah, good stuff, Mike. I'm pretty sure they return in the second game. I'm not 100% on that, though. I guess yeah. that's wait for another Cartridge Club month. They I'm look just... goofy. Like, uh, if you see the picture of them, I think it's on the right side. Like, one of them is a weird face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and they kind of look like the the guys in Zelda. Like, I think it's Kokiri Village with the pointy elf ears. Right, right. I think Rip was talking earlier because it, it, they look like something from a movie too, and I can't quite put my finger on it. But. I was just surprised, seeing as how supposedly the Punch Out team worked on this game, right? That more of the characters didn't resemble maybe some Punch Out characters. I was looking for like a King Hippo, like in retrospect when I found out later. Yeah, good um, point. But because you know Nintendo's famous for rehashing old <laughs> sprites and and or taking familiar ideas and color swapping them and yeah, something sure. fresh, but. Um, that's a good point. And it was the same crew. I'm they had a lot of shirtless guys. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's close enough. Close enough. <laughs> All right. How about Zoda? He is the boss at the end of the game, the very last boss. But I don't know if they ever mentioned his name. Um, Kevin, you said uh, you thought he, they that uh, who was I, it I, that brought him up? I'm pretty sure Uncle Steve slash Dr. J, Dr. Jones. I'm pretty sure he says before Mike goes on the ship that you got to do something with Zoda. Right. And I remember when Zoda first showed up. He's pretty badass looking. He's kind of scary. And yeah. uh, and it's just it's amazing that this is the person you've been chasing the whole game. You don't even know it. And then all of a sudden here he is. Mm-hmm. What did you guys what did you think of Zoda there, Doc? I like Zoda. I think it was my favorite boss fight. Yeah. And he's just shooting his eyes and <laughs> I, I, Zoda also has like that instant kill. Yeah. He touches you. Yeah. Uh, in, in true 80s 90s fashion. Think he beat him, he gets to his final form. Yep. And he has to beat him again. Yeah, loved yeah. it, loved it. And I hated when you touched him. And those things that you would shoot out of his gut. I didn't mouth. like mouth. Yeah. I, I didn't like how you beat him and then you go into the ridiculously hard section between uh his phase one and his phase two. Oh, and yeah. die, and then you gotta go and fight him again. Again, I know. <laughs> just ridiculous. Yeah. 
All but that, again, which... like even even that part. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll get into game. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. what makes the game so difficult? Um, I think it really comes down to the gameplay mechanics, the controls, namely. And uh, so let's talk a bit about the controls overall. What uh, Rip? What did you feel about the controls in the game? Oh, geez. Well, <clears throat> in retrospect, <laughs> it's like you're hopping around on a damn chessboard. Yeah, <laughs> to, yeah, you're to be right. Completely honest. Yeah. Um, but it's really something you have to experience for yourself. Um, it's, it's really hard to describe. The turning is not as easy as one would uh, assume, like most Nintendo games. Like, my favorite game is Mega Man 2. So you got really tight, crisp controls, you know. You can control yourself in the air. Right. This game, it's you're pretty much doing whatever it tells you you can do. And right. you're really limited as far as mobility. But it doesn't mean the game's impossible. It just means it's something you need to work around. That's right. It certainly was um, unique, I guess, is the best way to put it. And if you go into it expecting it to play like another game, like most people would, it will really uh, hurt for the first few worlds, at least, I'd say. Um, but uh, I did find that I got used to it. I got used to even drifting a bit when you're when you're moving to increase your speed a little bit. But uh, overall, I, I can definitely see how it was a little clunky, a little tank-like. But I think that's what separated it from a lot of other games, were these unique controls... And uh, and introducing those tiles, the jumping from tile to tile, I think is pretty unique as well. Uh, overall, I, I loved it as a whole, um, but I can definitely see, when I went back to play this time, how it must be frustrating for people just playing it again, uh, or even for the first time. So, Kevin, this was pretty much your first playthrough. What did you feel about the controls overall? Yeah, well, at first I didn't get it at all. I was really frustrated with them. But yeah. uh, like Rip said, after some time with it, you get used to what the rules are, what you can and can't do. Um, most of the, the frustration, though, is it for me was that some of the enemies didn't really play by the rules. <laughs> uh, you're, you're restricted on this one square, and you can't move very fast without turning and then moving again. But yet they're coming at you. You know, and you got to take care yep. of them right away. And then some of them, you can only move uh, forward, back, left, and right. You can't move on a diagonal. Right. The the most frustrating enemies for me were enemies that moved on a diagonal, because uh, right. they could just come right at you, and you would have to move two squares to get at them. <laughs> you know, so it was a lot of times you would just bail. It was just like, okay, I got to bail. I got to get out of this, and I got to come around. It's like it's like the enemies were were helicopters, and you're like this plane or 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 maybe they're like little speedboats and you're uh this big super uh, destroyer you know and you gotta like swing around and come and yeah, get at them from another analogy. angle you know? it's, it's funny you mentioned the mobility because it's actually making me remember the first time i played in like alone in the dark a survival horror game on the pc right and you have to literally spin your body around and then mm -hmm. press up to move forward you're really like you're you're spinning around on like a an axis, and then you like you know make your decision about where you want to go. But yeah, it's That's definitely true. tricky. You're right, and like a lot of the old first survival horror games played that way, and this was sort of uh, ahead of its time, I guess you could say, because <laughs> it had it way back then. What did you think, Doc, of the uh, of the controls? Uh, there was definitely a learning curve for me, um, and we had that Zelda. Where I could just rush in and try to take out everyone right away, and. I got punished a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think we all did. Because every room you go into, it's it's sort of like its own puzzle. And mm -hmm. you just sort of have to figure out how to handle each room individually. I like the the jumping mechanics, especially like the first time you meet the snakes, I think it is. Yeah. Um, so you walk in and the 
snakes immediately rush towards you on either side, and you can jump over them. Right. And the first time I did that, I was like, whoa, that's cool. I know, and all of a sudden the game completely changes. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing, is that the, during action sequences, you're going to get frustrated with the controls, but for the puzzle parts of the game, the controls are perfect, because yeah. a lot of times it'll throw you into a dark room, and you don't know where everything is, but you can go in, and you can, you'll get like a little flash of light. Like you'll see the entire room, and then it'll go dark, and be like, right. "Okay, I know if I move ahead three squares, and then I go up one, that's <laughs> I'm gonna land on on a tile and not in the water." Or something. Right. So it was uh, perfect for that, and you wanted more of that and less of being frustrated. You know, getting chased by giant bowling balls and <laughs> yeah, or, or yeah. a conga line of, of mummies. Oh yeah, that conga line. Oh man, that one room where it was just. <laughs> You have to. It was nothing but tiles. You couldn't uh, even run. I oh, love that it. was crazy. That was good stuff. And the I mummies like, don't care. They walk right over them. No. Yeah, I like, I like your. I like your video, Kevin. When you pretty much came, you discovered that corralling all the mummies together was the best oh, bet. Yeah. You know, like well, I guess in chapter six or whatever, like the pink mummies, yeah, they're a lot yeah. stronger. Those things yeah. are brutal. Oh yeah. Well, half of that was uh, because they look like a conga line, and the other half was I forgot to turn on my mic during the first half of the boss fight. Oh. Uh, right after that, so that was a good way to disguise it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Just throw some music over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love your editing. I, I think it's great because even when times like that come up, you're covered. You're set. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk talks. about well, we talking about the controls and, and how they are, but let's talk about the actual difficulty and uh, and things that maybe we found difficult during the game. Uh, were there any difficult puzzles or, or battles that stood out in your mind? Um, how about you, Doc? Anything that stood out? Oh, jeez. I, I like hard NES games, and that are fair. But I don't like disappearing tiles to save my life. <laughs> and the fact that when you die, deaths. there are some cheap deaths. And when you die, you have to go all the way to the bed, like start again. Right. Yeah, so I think that was pretty cheap. Yeah, um, jumping into a room and your tile's just gone. Or there is no tile at all, you just hit one. Yeah, yeah. There's like a a secret room where you can get a a bottle of health, and if you continue north again, oh yeah, get another bottle of health. But if you go for a third time, it's just a room of water. Yeah, that happened to me. It's the first dungeon, the very first dungeon that does that to you. Like that's so sad. (laughs) The first time I saw the like the three disappearing stones, I played that like 15 times. Oh really? (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, oh, what I give for save states. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no save states on this. Yeah, there there are checkpoints, but they are sparse. They are too sparse. Were there any uh, difficult battles that you had in mind, Doc? Um, can't really think of any offhand. Zoda at the end was there was a learning curve because he could jump all the way across the map. Yeah, and tag you, and then you're dead. Yeah, and then you have to go all the way back. <laughs> Fight him so. twice again. Yeah. How about you, Rip? Any uh, difficult moments that stood out for you? Um, shoot. I guess the ghost boss. I don't. It's early in the game, but it it gave me problems. I don't know why. That <laughs> chapter, though, that's a long chapter, and and getting to him finally is, yeah. I, I think that was ghost. my least favorite dungeon. Was the yeah. ghost? Yeah. Is that the one we got to use the mirrors, or is that later? I can't remember. Uh, I, no, I know that. you had to use the, the, the light to make them Rod invisible. of sight. Yeah, both, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think that dungeon had them both. It was kind of a... Or at least in that chapter. Anyway. It was long. It was a long chapter. Very yeah, you long. pretty much got to throw your little bolas, bolas at the guy. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, you, can go, you can't go up one of the corners on the side, and uh, you, can, you can use your yo-yo on him then. 
Yeah, it's true. And actually, I didn't know that until I seen your video too. Oh, really? Yeah. Because uh, I I ran out of bolas. I'm like, okay, I got to see if I can, you know, <laughs> still do some damage on him. And uh, that took care of him a lot quicker um, because he would dodge those those things like the bolos, like like they were nothing, you know. Right. Well, how about you, Kev? What uh, one stood out for you? For, for uh, yeah, these guys stole my answer. Uh, ghost, the Ghost Village. Uh, I think that's where the game uh, finally separates uh, the men from the boys. <laughs> that's where it gets really NES hard. Like yeah. before that, it's a little warm up. You know, you're just you're getting into it, and then Ghost Village is so long. That that's that's amazing. And then these the stairs that that send you back to the world <laughs> map. I oh mean, yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, how brutal is that? You're trying to figure out where to go. You're trying to find out, okay, how, where do I go to progress? And there'll be stairs. You'll go into a room, be stairs. You'll be like, oh, okay, here's some stairs onto the next part. You go up the stairs, send you to the world map, to another part of the world map, and you can't go back. Nope. You've got to go back all the, the way back at the beginning sense. of the dungeon, and there's no rhyme or reason for it. Nope. it there's like no like advantage or anything like that. It's just like, no, no, you're, don't go that way. You know? yeah. What were the developers were, thinking? They're like, they were, punish these were, children, make them learn. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. They were thinking this is Star Tropics, and you're going to play by Star Tropics rules. That's it. We're only going to release this in North America. Let's mess with them. So I think the, I think the dungeon before that had one set of stairs that did that, but that ghost village or it's it's the graveyard. Yeah. Uh, it had three or four and. You have no choice. You got to go up them to see if they're if you're actually going to move on, or yeah. if you're going to be set on the world map. Because where you're actually supposed to go is this. By a slug. It, yeah, you got to you got to go through a wall, and the, the, your clue that you can go through walls is there. There'll be a little shadow uh, right beside the wall. And it's like okay, that's that's where the tunnel is. Mm -hmm. The game puts a slug right on top of there, where you can't attack it any other way other than getting uh, getting below it. And, and attacking it. And Mike's character takes up two squares. So mm -hmm. after you, you clear him, now Mike <laughs> is covering that little shadow. And you think to yourself, where am I supposed to go? Well, right behind that are stairs. Let's go up the stairs. Nope, you're back on the world map. Nope. You've done it again. <sighs> yeah. Brutal, brutal. Yeah, it but was once brutal. you figure all that out, once you know it, it's like, oh, this is a breeze. I can just walk through here, you know? Yep. That's right. I, as for me, I didn't... The bosses I, I found were all right, but chapter seven in general, getting to the boss, I found it was the hardest part of the game for me. Did mm -hmm. anybody else have that same problem in chapter seven where everything was just hitting you for like four or five hearts at once, and then I was just toast? Uh, Kevin, you just beat it recently. How did you yeah. feel about that, about chapter well, seven? See, this game keeps throwing you curveballs all the time, right? You can't just get comfortable <laughs> into playing the game one way. Right. And Chapter 7 is like really an oddball chapter where before you have to kind of plan where you're going to go. you got these slow-moving mummies. you got got nice. uh, enemies that are going to attack you on a diagonal, but they've they got to like get into a spot before they start flying at you diagonally. Like, it, like this one, it was just like, no, they're throwing everything at you you know like you got guys coming off the screen with no warning and they're just coming right at you yep. and they're going to take off for health and you got to think oh am i going to attack them am i going to move out of the way <laughs> plus uh the dungeons themselves were i i won't say there were there was only one path that you could go there was a beginning right. and an end and pretty linear chapter seven is you're on the alien ship yeah. and it's one big giant room yeah, and, and it's like a maze only, trying to get from one spot to the other. It's yeah, and there's teleports. Like oh. you got to. So the big thing is you're trying to just figure out where you're gonna go. Yep. 
and these enemies are just coming out of nowhere and attacking you. It's crazy. Yeah. And those stupid, um, uh, I, I don't know, like they, they were like uh, aliens in like these uh, full set of gear, like full set uniform, oh, almost like hazmat suits. Yes, the green ones yeah. especially. Oh, yeah, and they, yeah. they could shoot at you, so they have range. <laughs> and if you try to get behind them and attack them from behind, they'll do the moonwalk on you. Yep. And 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 take off health that way. So yep. there was just no winning with those things. And touching them, I think, was even worse than getting hit by the gun from them. Like, yeah, yeah. It was it was oh. better just to stay in front, take you take your hits, and and just keep attacking them and stay away. Are you, talk, are you talking about the space troopers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like you said hazmat suit. I'm like, I'm to <laughs> I, yeah. I I don't learn bother to learn the name of anything. Yeah. I just kind of describe things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just ran away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm a big baby. I see things in images, and I'm like that thing. You know. That's, yeah. <laughs> but you know what that's pretty much what i did in chapter seven was i tried to run through it as, as best as i could without mm-hmm. getting hit and that's what held me up the most because when i sat down to play this again i started it on a, on a saturday and i finished it on a saturday but so good at games yeah no <laughs> but it, i almost didn't because of this one chapter i found everything else fine because i've played this game a lot before i'm not saying that i flew through it the first time i played it because i did not but uh, this chapter, no matter how many times I've played it, it just uh, it held me up. Did uh, Rip? How about you? Do you remember Chapter Seven? Yeah, uh, and briefly, just to get into it before you do. Um, yep. The thing about Star Tropics is, and I don't know if I'm like if y'all are like me, but um, I'm always trying to not take damage. In this game, you just need to accept that you're going to get hit right a lot. Mm-hmm. So you just need to be calm and like you know get yourself in a position where you're better to attack the monsters. Like, you know, Kev did in his video, he corralled the mummies. That's it. And it's, it's like that in level, but they ramp it up to oh, almost an unfair, uh, so much aspect. Yeah. I, I agree completely. And, uh, and I remember cause they give you like, uh, these pills, you can find a pill in the level and it gives you full health, but then that slowly depletes too, no matter what, just yeah. on its own. <laughs> and did you know th- about the walls too? No. Chapter seven. Yeah, there's some. There's a couple of walls at the top of the level, um, that I think I, I think I must have read it because I, I was I was struggling getting through there. Yeah. And I just wanted like an I wanted a full map of the room yeah. so I could figure out where where it is I'm supposed to go. Right. And on that map there was a couple of rooms up top, and I'm like, how do you get up there? Huh. So I huh. I jumped up there and I just you know. Um, used the yo-yo on him and it was a secret wall oh. with uh the super uh laser gun which is kind of acts oh, like a shotgun which no does which does awesome on the what are they called super troopers i don't know hazmat those guys space troop jetpacks space troopers yeah those guys it, it does <laughs> awesome on those guys uh and uh, there was there was um magic potions in there too no way you, that would help against the boss oh so much yep See, it's all knowledge with this game. The wow. more you know about it, it's like, oh, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. And once you figure out like those aha moments, you know, which right. are, you know, they're frustrating to get to, but once you get to them, it's like, oh, that's so rewarding. Right. It's you basically like just it. described Friday the Thirteenth for the NES. Right. Once you know say- how to play it, it's not that terrible. I was going to say right. the same thing with the Souls series, like Dark Souls. Like, yeah, you, you don't really level up as a character; you level up as a player. And right, right, and that's what this game does really well. Yeah, that's true. It's like boot camp; they they break you down to build you back up. <laughs> that's they right. Make you yes. a better player, and it works. And we thank Howard Phillips at the end, just like in the game. <laughs> 
How about you, Doc? Do you remember Chapter 7? I, I remember Chapter 7, but um, be- even before that, going back to like the balls he was talking about, I was having the hardest time at the very beginning because I didn't know where to go. Oh, really? Yeah. And they don't give you like any indication <laughs> when you have sub-C. You'd be like, oh, where am I supposed to go? Get this bottle. I'm just <laughs> literally walking around, touching every single thing. Be like, oh, there's hidden walls that have no indication. That's true. You're right, especially on the world map. Yeah, there's yeah. no indication of where there's a secret wall. Yeah, I think I walk around for like an hour <laughs> the first time. I'm like, that's oh, funny. I can believe there's, that. There's a little sporadic animation on those mm-hmm. walls that kind of show you water uh, swirling in, oh, but yeah, you yeah. have to, you have to be looking for it. Yeah, like, I, and it'll, like it'll you, just you can... catch out of the corner of your eye and be like, oh, I think I saw something over there, and then you got to wait for it to happen <laughs> again. Yeah, I, I know you could find the spots where you could dive, and those are pretty visible, but, like, going into the mountains and stuff, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, the mountains. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, on the on the world map, not in the... Yeah, the world map. Right. Yeah, yeah, I got... Yeah. I'm trying to find where the... Uh, where to go after Pete the Parent. Like, I, I got the worm, and then I couldn't figure out for the life of me where to go, and I just kept going in circles. And I was <laughs> like... I went back up to the guy who gives you a worm, and I'm like, maybe he could tell me what to do, and he just gives you another worm. <laughs> So yeah, I'm just like I'm running Mike into every mountain I could see just to find out, and then of course yeah, there was a hidden tunnel, and that's how you finally do it. There's a lot of use of the the hidden objects, where even the hidden platforms that you have to just know where they are. Yeah, exactly. So, I hated uh, those. Yeah, I was going back to I think the ghost area. There's two spots where you just have to know. Right. Yep. You're supposed to jump into the void. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like Simon's Quest in that it's got probably some of the least helpful people ever in a video game. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Like the people just talking about their age and stuff, which the NPCs are horrible. (laughs) Well, I I took a different approach um, thinking about this game pre-internet and pre-walkthrough. So I tried to get a hold of all my other gaming buddies and trying to pester them. Be like, give me your secrets. Give me your tips. Oh, that's awesome. So I tried to recreate that feeling and it, it definitely helped, but it's all those just things you have to know going into the game that it's not necessarily not fair. It's you just have to know. That's it. Right. Yeah, that's the old school NES, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I, I approached it with, like, just, uh, I read the manual before I played the game. And then once I got into the game, I was like, first of all, this game throws you no bones. Like, you, you go into a room in Zelda, you start taking out <laughs> enemies, it's going to drop hearts, you're going to get magic, you know. This game throws you nothing. Yeah. And, it was it just me, or if you had very little health, you were getting no drops. Right. But if you just oh, yeah. needed one or two hearts, you'd get a heart, or yep. you get a star. Like, and you know what? I bet it's a, I bet it's designed into the game like that. Like look, the guys that created this are putting slugs in front of walls, yeah. stairs that lead out to nowhere. So I bet you it is programmed in that way too. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. But it threw it throws you so little that I I didn't feel guilty about. Uh, you know, I didn't go for a full walkthrough. I didn't look at full walkthroughs or how to be bosses or anything like that. I like to keep the experience as, as pure as possible. Right. But looking up a map or something like that, well, you know what? If I was a kid in the uh, in the 80s, I would go find that guy that in my class had had that uh, Nintendo oh, yeah. Power, and I'd be right. like, okay, where, where's the map section? You yeah, know? just so, show me the map. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of, I don't know, not fair. Also, when you left the dungeon, you couldn't take any dungeon items with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. What's up like, with that? I had like two health potions at the end of a dungeon once, and I had to give them up. <laughs> yeah, they're gone. But I probably got points for it, so I guess that's something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> the useful the points. Useless points, yeah. yeah. The useless points. 
All right, so uh, it seems to be a running theme for this game, but another unique fact was the fact that you were using a yo-yo as your main weapon. Um, kind of strange. I can't think of any other games that... Uh, Yo-noid? Yo-noid, I was going to say, would be the only other one that even remotely comes to mind. And, uh, yeah, Goonies. kind of interesting choice. Did Goonies have a yo-yo? I think so. I think it is a yo-yo. Hmm. I wonder. I'm not wrong. No, no, I, that sounds actually pretty familiar, but... But yeah, it's just so strange. Why would they go with the yo-yo? What did you guys think about the yo-yo overall? Uh, how about you, Doc? What did you think of the yo-yo? I, I think the yo-yo idea was something different. And it, it was fun. And I, I really like how you could level it. And by the end of the game, it was kind of broken. Oh, yeah. It was definitely as, overpowered. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as long as you had hearts, you could throw that all the way across the screen. And yeah. yeah. I, I'm curious if they stole that shooting mechanic from Zelda. Like, if you had full hearts, you could right. shoot the sword. Yeah, oh, I definitely think so. I think so. Well, you said you played it on Virtual Console, Doc. Uh, supposedly, mm-hmm. they renamed the Yo-Yo the Shooting Star or the Morning Star or something. I, yeah, the Island Star. Yeah. The shooting Star, and I can't remember the names, but yeah, you, you get different versions of stars, and the sprite is a Yo-Yo has a big star on it, like a white star. So I, don't, I can't remember if that was the same in the NES version. Is the first one still a Yo-Yo icon, though, or is it also start as a star? No, no, no. Um, they're, they're yo-yos, but on the virtual console, I think it has a star on top of the yo-yo. Oh, even the on first the one? Oh, wow. I, okay. I, don't, I don't know if it's on the first one. Okay. I know on the virtual console it's that way. Okay. Wasn't well, that hurt I... his hand, bringing it back? Yeah, yeah. good point. <laughs> it's definitely not a yo-yo yeah, but anymore. He's, a, he's a star pitcher, man. He's, he's oh, got that's right. calluses. Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> star pitcher. Right. Oh, that's. You go. I never even thought of that. <laughs> there you go. Ace, uh, maybe they call him an ace pitcher. I don't He's know an ace he... pitcher. Okay, whatever. that's funny. What's the difference between an ace and a star pitcher? Who knows? Don't know. <laughs> but on that subject about losing your weapons, the let's talk a bit about the items that you do find in the in the levels, because there were some interesting ones. Most notably was for me the I think it was the second boss, the octopus. Was he the second boss? Mm-hmm. Yes. You yes. get the, uh, the, the, the freezing. The freeze. Yeah. yeah that's right. And I never that found for... that. Oh, really? Oh, it was so hard. That fight must have been ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you need that for that uh, fight. Oh, yeah, it was so there for hard. like 10 minutes. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> One shot at a time, eh? Wow. Made it a lot harder than it needed to be. <laughs> I'd say. Yeah, I love that freeze thing. But uh, how about you, Ripper? Is there any items or anything that uh, that stood out for you in the dungeons? Um, I think after I got the Rod of Sight, I, I thought the game, I, I liked it a little bit more. But yeah. at that, that stage of the game, they go from letting you tow the water to just basically pushing you in the ocean with yeah. nothing. You're on just your tread water. That's right. Yeah, yeah that, that Rod where you can uh, use it to see the ghosts in the room, genius idea. And especially where before you get it, you're walking in, you're getting hit by these things mm-hmm. that you can't see. And yep. you know there's something there, so you know you're going to need something, and that's just how they introduce it to you, and I think that was a great way to do it. It, it yep. looks like the magic wand from Zelda when you, that you need yeah. in the original that's to really kill does. the wizards or whatever. It really does, yeah. Now, did anyone else uh, not know about the magic weapons right away? Because I didn't know how to use them. Oh, to hit start and then hit up or whatever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, well, I remember way back when getting the potion and just thinking it would automatically work because I couldn't find it. Yeah, this right. isn't in my inventory. It must just hit me automatically, but no. <laughs> no, it does not. A lot of the items and a lot of the weapons you get are kind of baseball themed. Yep. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah. The cleats. Bat, the bat. cleats, yeah. Now those cleats, those those kind of surprised me when I first used them. That was awesome. Like, I know yeah, your reaction. He does that hiya and <laughs> kicks everybody in the room. Yeah. Like, oh, I guess Mike knows kung fu as well. That's just how they play uh, baseball in North America. Like, <laughs> yeah, when you're fighting the, in the second. What about the try your luck sign? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. That was a weird item. What cruel people. I know. I got a negative <laughs> one. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I usually got positives. Did anybody get more than a negative one before? Uh, I, I only got a, I got a positive two. That's the most positive I got, but I actually didn't hit any negatives the first run through. Ah, lucky. Wow. <laughs> I was not so fortunate. How about you, Kev? Was there any items that stood out other than those Kung Fu? Oh, yeah, the cleats. That was, yeah. that was my answer. How I was about trying you, to wedge my answer into the conversation. Whether <laughs> no sure if you're going to go to me or not. <laughs> no problem. Doc, did you have any that stood out to you? Um, The bat at first. Yeah, the bat was cool. Because I, I didn't kind of put it together that I think the bat was meant for standing in between the four uh, like sea stars and then swinging and hitting all four. Uh, so I was yeah. running around with a bat trying to hit people, and it just a <laughs> slow sprite. I was like, swing and a miss. Yeah. A miss. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but those baseballs, too, I thought they were, I thought they were basketballs because they were orange. <laughs> oh. and yeah, it, they were funny colored, yeah. Yeah, and then I read that they were baseballs. I'm like, baseballs? <laughs> They're orange. They look like basketballs. That's funny. They only really came in handy on that one boss, anyways. The, the the guy that was in the wall that comes out of the wall. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That Easter Island head guy. Right. Yeah. Oh, that guy was cheap too. Oh, the first time I I walked into the room. Yeah. And uh, nothing's happening. So I'm like, okay, you must have to walk up to this thing on the wall to trigger it. So I walk up to it. <laughs> comes to life, dead. Dead. I'm like, yeah. What? I know. I had a similar experience too. Those auto kill bosses. Yep. Yeah. God love them. Kill. Yep. All right. Well, I guess that's all. Most of the items for the dungeons. Uh, I don't think we missed too many. Well, have we, we actually talked about the letter. I mean, we, we referred sure. to it. Sure. Yeah, we could talk about it because at a point in the game, you're going along, and they're saying to you, um, "You're you should have got a letter or something from your uncle." And uh, it's going to have a secret code for you to, uh, to to further the game. You need to put those that number in. Like, who in their right mind at that age would have thought, "I need to dip this paper in water"? I found that. Well, or even tell remember you. the letters that they got in the game. Yeah, or oh, even yeah. yeah, or yeah, who would think that it's a physical item? Because for sure, I thought it was something in the game when I was a kid. And uh, but yeah, did anybody get stuck on that uh, at this uh, stage in the game with the internet? When I rented it, I'd had no instruction whatsoever. All I got was a plastic clamshell. Right, exactly. Back in so how, 1990 or 91. So how could you beat it? Uh, like I didn't. I didn't know what to do. I, mean, I don't even know if I got that far. Every number. Right, yeah. I I mean, just, my attention span probably wasn't that good back then. I would pop it in for a little while, play it, and then go do something else. Right, right. It's on the back of the box. I'm it pretty is? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the screen images has the frequency I might be completely wrong, but I'm yeah, pretty sure. Just checking. Yeah, they don't have it on this one, but I have the one that has English and French on it because I'm up in Canada, so uh, <laughs> it might be on the North American one. Or sorry, the uh, United States one. But uh, hmm. but yeah, I never actually because, like I said earlier, I bought my first copy from a kid down the street who was selling it at his yard sale, and it was just a cart. So I remember we had to, my dad actually had to call the, uh, 
what was it called? The Nintendo Power Hotline or whatever it was. Oh, wow. And uh, that's how I eventually got through that when I was a kid. <laughs> $20 to... $50 yeah, a minute. Numbers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's such yeah. a, an easy number, too. 747. I know. Like, I remember it name, name of a plane. Like, when I played it last week, I just... I remembered it. Just probably because of how traumatic it was for my father when he got the bill. <laughs> 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 but, yeah. Does, uh, and you actually had the letter, don't you, Doc? Didn't you say yeah. you had that's yeah. awesome. So you actually uh, sprayed it, I think you said, did you? Yeah, so for people who don't know, when you got the game, it came with a cart, instruction manuals, and it came with this letter from Dr. Jones addressed to Mike. And um, at the bottom, there's a big open space, and when you put it in actual water, it tells you the frequency. Love it. And just the correlation between the physical and the game, I've, I've never seen anything like that at the time. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I think it was more common on PC games. You would see things like that. Right. Uh, to have it on a console game was certainly unique. And definitely I, that also goes back to that aspect of pre-internet of trying to get the secrets and having to talk to people and be more social about your games. Right. Because, I mean, as a kid, I would have never thought about that. No, no. That was the golden age for sure. All right, well, let's talk a bit about... We talked about the dungeons and stuff a lot, but let's talk about the world map a little more because it is a little different. Uh, kind of like in, let's say, Link or Zelda 2, the, uh, when you're traveling the world map, it's sort of an overhead and you're really small, and then when you go into the dungeon, it's a completely different... But uh, what did you guys think about traveling the world map? Did you find it uh, was confusing sometimes or frustrating? Because I found sometimes when you're swimming around in your sub, I was always looking for secrets and different things, but mm-hmm. I guess like we said earlier about finding the walls, it's a little more difficult. Does anybody have any specific memories from the world map? I think talking about the world map, um, you have to talk about the villages and needing to talk to every single person. Right. Yeah, to get ahead in this game, because when you're traveling the world map, you go to different cities and towns, and they won't let you go ahead. <laughs> you know what to do next, but you have to go and talk to so-and-so people like that one with the sick uh, girl in the village the you uh banana right exactly <laughs> you know what you have to do and you just want to yeah. go ahead but no you must go see her first we right. just want to let her die yeah <laughs> yeah they don't understand that for some reason they won't let us you know medically well, speaking the, yeah but even the, if you know the um the the notes for the piano yes you don't have to go like Really, you can get right to that piano, and you can put in the, the notes in for it, but it won't work until you go get the worm, go give it to Pete, exactly, Pete, and, then, and then go back, and then and then you can. Oh, uh, I didn't up. know that. So they won't yeah. let you just go right yeah. to the piano if you. Yeah. Ah. And, and in fact, the piano is one of my favorite puzzles. Yeah, it was definitely neat. I mean, Confused me when I was a child, but uh, I know it now. But <laughs> and that's the most impressive thing because. When I was doing some research for this, I was watching um, speed runs, and the best time is is under ninety minutes. It's about a buck twenty yeah. to get this game done, and that's with talking to everybody and randomly speed tapping, you know, the button right. to get the right. text. Right. Wow. Wow. That's pretty short. <laughs> an hour twenty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's hard to believe. All right. Well, on the world map, they had some pretty interesting music. I remember as well as in most of the other games or dungeons and stuff. So. Let's get into the soundtrack, um, because the soundtrack for the game is actually kind of short. There's only a handful of tracks, but they're all quite memorable. Uh, Rip, what did you think overall of the music of the game? Um, they've got like maybe 
two or three tracks that will get stuck in your head for days. Oh yes. <laughs> Just the you know, it's it's a lot like Zelda in that it's got you know, and I guess an overworld theme if you want to call it. Right. Um, I don't want to say a dungeon theme, but they're very memorable. Um, I know yeah. you guys probably think more highly of it than me, but after a while, it just starts to grate on you. Like, I would just <laughs> oh, wow. mute it and like turn on the radio or something. Oh, I couldn't. Wow. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> From start to finish. I don't know what it was about it. Maybe maybe mostly nostalgia because I played it when I was younger, but I'm not sure. Kevin, you, you this is your first time through. What did you think about it? No, I complete opposite. Absolutely adored the music in this game. Right. Um, I even say it at the, the very end of my... I, I give a shout out to that guy. I can't. I can't say his name because I'll butcher it if I try to pronounce it. But uh, amazing music. And I, you know what? I love the fact that you keep saying that there's only a handful of tracks in this game because I'm going to tell you, there's actually a lot more. Really? Yes. If you go to the soundtrack, there is about almost. There's somewhere between 25 and 30 songs. Oh, but wow. see, he is he is a genius in this. In, in the way he did it was. Now I'm not I'm not big on music theory. I only know a little bit here and there, but right. he basically took uh, triplets, like bass triplets, yeah. and he put them in a lot of the songs, so they all tie together. But there is a different melody to oh, all those songs. Oh, interesting. So if yeah, you're on the world map, there's like there's like one two three one two three one two three in the bass. It's yeah. the exact same in the dungeon. One two three. If you listen to the bass, it's all one two three one two three, and huh. it it sounds similar. But it's all tying everything together. It's uh, it's really well done. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to download the whole soundtrack and just listen to them one. Che- to the next. Yeah, uh, check it out. And when you listen to them like that, uh, you you'll hear the difference in, in the songs. Oh, that's pretty um, awesome. Now they're not all like that. There were some different songs here and there, but right. um, basically it was like the main theme, all the big main themes when you go into town or whatever. Right. Um, there going was... into town, that was, that was my favorite song, by the way. Oh, really? Oh, mine yeah. was a dungeon. But there was another song that really stood out for me, and it was that music that played when you jumped into a room that had a potion or hearts in it, and it was like a safe room, and it just gave you this feeling of uh, all this tension breathe. being released. It's okay. Exactly. <laughs> I can take a breath now, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and I'll never forget the effect that that music had on me playing. Like, oh, blows my mind. How about you, Doc? Any uh, specific uh, tracks that stand out for you? I really like the village tracks, but uh, usually with some of the games, I'll just end up turning on other music. But this, I I left the music on, and I I did notice that kind of safe room aspect where you're not going to get hit. And (laughs) I would just feel like, okay, I'm not going to pause it. I'm going to get a drink. I'm going to come back. (laughs) It's okay. Everything's okay. Oh, it just shows how engrossed they get you. eh? It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Love that soundtrack. Definitely going to be downloading that again. Um, There was another thing that a lot of the sound effects were kind of neat, but uh, there's one in particular that I really liked, and it's after you kill a boss, it makes the same sound almost every time. I think it is every time. Where it mm-hmm. sounds like it's kind of screaming and it switches back and forth and they jitter really fast and then they blow up. And uh, for some reason I found that really effective. Um, did anybody else find that uh, interesting or maybe have uh, an, one of their own that stands out? How about you, Kev? Uh, well, the ghost, uh, he actually screams twice. Oh, wow. Uh, oh. Yeah, like well, the first time and you think that he, you beat him but oh, he's just right. moving around really fast and he keeps screaming. Yeah, and you're like, I did I it. beat him or not? And then you then you gotta go up and you gotta hit him a few more right. times and it's like ah oh, okay now he's, <laughs> now he's toast but again that's the game throwing you another curveball you yep. know it's and true. you sit there put down the controller have a sip of your drink and no it's still going yeah you're now yeah. dead yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, the sound effects, I um, nothing. I liked uh, the alien ship, like uh, the different uh, lasers and stuff like that. Yeah. That was cool. But that's yeah. like the sci-fi geek in me that kind of likes that stuff. Um, yeah, they but, were yeah. cool. How about you, Doc? Uh, Anything else to do? Um, I also kind of like uh, when you bring the the girl back, when you bring Banette back, mm-hmm. and you have the little uh, saying or whatever. I, I actually like read it out loud as I do do do, and. <laughs> It, it's kind of funny. Like, I don't know. It was great. But you mean like the scroll thing that you had to bring the back? The scroll is like, bop, bop, boop, bop. I love it. Oh, you should have recorded that. Oh, I just might have to. <laughs> How about you, Rip? What did you think about the overall soundtrack or sound effects? I, I liked it. That, that's one thing I did really like. Uh, yeah. Being a game that came out so, so late in the NES life cycle, they really, uh, you know, a lot of games used to rehash sound effects, and this one actually took the time to make you know, unique stuff. I wouldn't say, you know, it's anything mind blowing, but it was it was, right. really, it was really cool hearing. You know, after you beat the bosses, you get that satisfaction of a, oh, I love it. a good scream. Yeah, and that's a good way to put it. Is because uh, saying unique is a good way to cover this game because there really isn't much like it. It's sort of like a lot of other things put together as one, and it's never really been copied. I would say, um, which I think is really too bad because I think there's a there's a place for it. Let's get into the graphics uh, section here. And first, let's start, start talking about the weird character portraits. And uh, we're talking like the Chiefs, Mike himself, his uncle. They're all colored strangely or drawn strange. Uh, I, I never really understood why they did that. Was that something that was more common on the NES that I just don't remember? Um, what did you think about the portraits overall, Doc? Um, the portraits. Like like the chief and Yeah, uh... yeah, yeah. So I, I really liked how big they were. And yeah. uh <laughs> also kind of going back to like the world map at first, I, I didn't really like it when you went in the villages. It kind of looked like they used like a cheap RPG maker to right. Right. but but they grew on me. I liked it a lot. And <laughs> you kind of had that Zelda two style once you entered the dungeons and you had this not quite three-dimensional version but like you could see the sprite and it's very large and right yeah that's um, a good point it sort of switches it up the use of color was pretty good um earlier talking about getting the pill that fills your heart all the way yeah uh mike's shirt changes i think the red or orange right i think his skin does too doesn't it oh yes his face turns red when you do the pill when your shirt turns orange when you get the double jump ability oh right 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 all yeah, I, know I is, forgot about all that. This makes sense. All I know is Peter the Parrot looks like he did a pound of cocaine because his eyes are <laughs> oh, real yeah. wide in the big picture. Yeah, he's doing all right. <laughs> he's living on that island ganja. Yeah. He must be doing something right to get the front page cover of the Nintendo Power. So <laughs> I just feel like a lot of the characters, when you look at the big picture, when they're all blown up and you're talking to them, it's like it's not really congruent. They all kind of look different. They don't look like they're all one race and especially right. at the very end when you you know save the children of i'm not going to spoil it but you know That's they right. all look like little elf freaks but they don't look the same either like you yeah have, like, you're one right. looks chinese <laughs> you got one that looks not it's just weird yeah that's a good point and they look awfully funny i'm not quite sure how they do this in the theme of hd remakes how they would try to remaster this game yeah good point it would not be the same we definitely lose some charm i think all right, let's talk about maybe the bosses because there's a lot of really interesting bosses and they are 
really neat. I found the uh, the graphics for the bosses to be probably the best in the game, and uh, and that's I don't know. That's just from my perspective, and especially at the end of the game when it shows you the concept art for it, like they were really detailed. Yeah, the but, magma uh, fireballs was very very detailed. Oh, extremely. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, was there any that stood out in particular? Oh, Rip, you said the magma boss. Uh, was there any others that stood out for you? Um. Well, the the second, actually not the second, the last Zoda form, um, yeah. it's highly detailed. It actually looks like something from Ninja Gaiden. It looks like part of uh, Jockeyo or whatever the last guy's one of his forms. Right. Yeah. You're right. One. But I mean, it's everything's highly detailed. I have no complaints. Yeah, they were pretty neat. All of them are pretty memorable because I can almost remember every single fight just right here, just thinking off the top of my head, just because they are quite memorable. Uh, how about you, Kev? Was there any that uh, stood out for you? In terms of graphics, uh, which one's the uh, the guy? I'm, this might be the magma boss. See, I, I'm really bad with names. <laughs> the guy that you had to knock out the two um, the, the uh, two balls notes. on either side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Statues. That yeah, that's the magma guy. That okay, okay. That well, then that's my answer. Yeah, well, you mean when you have to jump on the tile and get to hit two different switches, there was, right? There's two nodes beside. Yeah, you had to hit the, the the switch, and then the node would come up, and then you had to right. the the node, and then you go around and find the other switch. And that took me a while to find those switches because they were not. Yeah, that was hard. Evident, and then when I knocked down the two nodes, I got all ready to fight him. I got right in front yeah. of him, started throwing the yo-yo at him, and he's freaking out, and I'm like. <laughs> Guess I beat him. And that's a perfect example of just how detailed the graphics were because they show him writhing in pain and then he falls into the water and he's dead. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, that was amazing. It's crazy, um, too, how all the bosses were basically in, well, most of them were in water. And oh, good point. You're, you're hmm. jumping around them, except for that one was in magma. Um, and then uh, Zoda wasn't in, in water, but that's he was cool. still kind of off into this black space that's on the first form. Second form. Uh, I found that you had to beat him. I, I beat him on the tiles. Uh, I was trying to beat him on in like the area, like you could mm -hmm. run around and stuff like that. That wasn't working out. When I got on the tiles, I could basically uh, make it so he would. I, I could set him up like he was either going to go in front of me or beside me. Yeah. You know? And if he went in front of me, then I would attack him. If he went beside me, I would jump forward and then wait. You know, it's like either a fifty-fifty chance. All right. I did the same thing for for killing him at the end. Yeah, so it's interesting how you uh, how it used those tiles for every single boss fight, That's and true. There, were, there weren't too many that were similar. I know the there was a couple like there was that one mini boss. Uh, I think he was in chapter six. He was green and he was in the water. He almost did the same thing as the um, as the as the spider, uh, or sorry, as the octopus in the in the second. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh yes, yes, yeah. But pretty much they were all all different. And yeah, you're right. You just had to go in and figure out what you're supposed to do. And once you figure it out. That's it. You, it was toast. Yep, you're laughing, and uh, that's the beauty of it. Is every boss was so unique, and it wasn't you just go in and slash away, and 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 you can take them down. You have to figure it out, which did, is pretty much like most of this game. Did you guys find like some of the sub bosses, some enemies were way tougher than the boss too? Like there was yeah. the, the the they were they were like they looked like wooden guys. They had like really big heads, and they were yeah. walking at you. And you've, you had to defeat one. It took me forever to get past one. And then I had to defeat two. Right. Took Those are the guys that shoot in four directions, right? Yeah, they shoot. Yeah, they spin around. They'll shoot oh, in the four directions. Are they tiki-looking guys? Yeah. You're talking yeah. about the guy that used the baseball bat on? No. I think of using the baseball bat on him. Yeah, that actually would Should be good. Do you get a baseball right? bat in that level? Because that would be perfect. <laughs> Don't I don't know you get the shooting stars or the throwing stars. 
And yeah. Those are pretty helpful. But then once you get to the, the end boss, he's so easy. It's just use jump over the, the fire that he's shooting at you and use the shooting stars to oh, hit them yeah. both. Yeah. Yeah, that guy was pretty easy, wasn't he? Yeah. Hmm. I, I was I was waiting too. I thought uh, like when I knocked the heads off those two statues, I was like, okay, let's go. Where, yep. Where's the second uh, form? This can't be this easy. <laughs> you yeah. know. That's the beauty of this game is sometimes it just pulls the rug out and yeah, that's it. How about you, Doc? Was there any bosses that stood out for you for graphics? and? For me, that Magma boss, I think the attention to detail, uh, I think you can see a bunch of fire coming off of him or yeah. flames. I thought that was super cool. That is cool. And then the fact how he goes into the water and he looks like he's in pain. I don't know. Yeah. But he's screaming. That's good stuff. <laughs> the, the graphics also, I don't know. Did anyone watch the, the start screen of the game? You can uh, see, I think, a meteor go across the sky. Oh, really? I don't think yeah. I ever... That's a cool that. touch. So mm. there's the Star Tropics logo and has the stars, obviously. And there's, I think it's about mid-screen, there's what would be the three blocks falling yeah. from the sky. What is the Southern know. Cross? I know they mention it. Okay, so I believe oh, yeah. the Southern Cross is a constellation you can only see from the Southern Hemisphere of the Earth. Uh-huh. So I don't think they actually ever show the the constellation, but they refer to it an awful lot. Right, and they say under the Southern Cross. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. yeah very so interesting. So Sea Island happens in the south. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Did they ever explain why the aliens picked that spot to do their business? Like, was there? Yeah. Why did something they go, to do with the kids? Earth. Yeah. Why did they pick Earth? I don't know. Yeah. Because Superman. Oh. Right. Right. Say no more. Say no I'm more. Just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that pretty much sums up uh, the main portion of it. Was there any? Uh, just to, before we close it up, let's talk about uh, lasting impressions, overall ratings, and playing this game nowadays. Would you still recommend it to people, even in this day and age? Uh, how about you, Kev? You go ahead. You go first. Well, I kept going back and forth while I was playing the game on whether I should or not uh, recommend it to anybody because I know I was. I'm, you know, I get a little bit obsessed when I start a game. I kind of want to finish it really bad. There's very few games that I I drop, and uh, it was really frustrating at at times. And and you know, you realize that it's you. You know, you get so far, and then it's you start slipping back into that Zelda way of thinking. I'm going to go in this room. I'm going to take everybody out. (laughs) And uh, it's so hard to deprogram that from yourself because you've been playing these games that way for so long. But it's true. seeing that blue Nintendo logo at the end of the game when I finally beat it, it was such a, like, I have a sense of accomplishment. <laughs> so I would recommend it, but I don't think it's for everybody. you got to be the type of person that's into NES hard. You like games like Dark Souls. You like a challenge. And uh, if you're looking for a game that's going to give you a challenge, uh, it's fun to play. Um, this is this is the one. Yep. Now the, the the only thing though too is, it, you know the Zelda stuff does work better. You know when you do have a lot of enemies coming at you and attacking you, that kind of action works better than Star Tropics. And it's I I I haven't played Star Tropics two a lot, Zelda's Revenge a lot, but it seems like as if they tried to fix that a little bit. Like you could jump. Yeah diagonally in that game and that i know a lot of people are kind of mixed on that game on whether it's good or not i haven't played it enough but you could see that 
they knew that there was a little bit of a problem with that, and that's why they tried to fix it in the next one. But right. It also works, so I don't know. Maybe I'm still on the fence. <laughs> I know it sounds like uh, I'm still on the fence, but that's all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, flip flopping here. Yeah, it's 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 one of those games where you're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it because it is frustrating. If 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 you don't like what you're doing, it's, you might as well just put the controller down right away. But um, but you're right. In Star Topics Two, which I actually did enjoy, not as much as the first, they do um, make it so it's more of an eight direction kind of thing. And it doesn't feel the same, but I guess that's what you get. Uh, how about uh, how about you, Rip? Would you recommend this uh, to people in this day and age? And and what were your overall thoughts of the game? Um, short answer, no. And I'm I'm gonna explain. Um, today's player would be frustrated by all the intangibles and intricacies that aren't very very well explained. A lot like people have you know problems with Simon's Quest. Right. I think they might experience some things similar to that. Um, unless Nintendo creates a new Star Tropics IP, I don't see people going back to go play this game. I'm not saying this is a bad game. I just think it's a good game for back then. Yet I think it would be very frustrating for kids nowadays with short attention spans. <clears throat> yeah, and they're used to having their hand held through campaigns and you know first-person shooters. And I mean, Dark Souls is bringing it back to a, a little bit of level of uh, uh, difficulty. But I, I, I just think that. It's a game that should be played, but do I think kids will play it today? No. I would recommend it for a history lesson, but I don't think I would go out of my way to say, hey, kid, try Star Tropics, you know? But yeah, that's just that. me. Yeah, no, that, you make a really good point, especially in this day and age where every game is pretty much just spoon-fed to people. Um, there's tutorials that go on for hours and hours, and uh, and if you're accustomed to that, if that's what you're used to, this day, you're right, this game definitely is not for you. Um, you have to be looking for a challenge before you step into this one. I completely agree. Um, how about you, Doc? Uh, what were your overall thoughts, and would you recommend this to anybody else? My overall thoughts? I think if you're into like retro collecting or retro gaming, this is a good fit. Um, yeah, in the day and the age of like mobile games, maybe not necessarily for kids, but it's, it's a good jumping-off point. Right. It is hard. It is NES hard. And for the most part, it's fair. I, I still have issue with... The, the blocks disappearing or just having the nowhere to jump it blindly. Right. <laughs> there um, are some cheap deaths, yeah. But w- once you kind of learn the rules of Star Tropic or learn how to play Star Tropic as Star Tropic was meant to be played, um, the game really opened up. And in my second gameplay, I just flew through it. It wasn't because I knew where to go. It was just I knew how to play it or how it was meant to be played. Right. Yeah. And well, see that... Sorry, I was just gonna say just those hidden blocks. There, the hints are there. Like, yeah. I the way I figured out how that you're supposed to jump blindly to get to that mm-hmm. one chest in that room is in the room before. There's a there's one of those little uh, octopus. I don't know. They're kind of looking guys, and they're jumping on blocks, uh, and okay. or jumping on tiles. And he jumps on one in the water, and then moves oh. over to uh, a chest. And I like I'm like oh maybe I'm supposed to jump there so I jump there and jump there I got to the chest <laughs> mm-hmm. so in the next room it's like if I jump there see and this is again where the grid pattern kind of works mm-hmm. out because you mm-hmm. can see it's it's exactly three squares over so there might be a square right there in the middle in so the I middle. gave it a try and boom I could get no. to that chest yeah no 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 I I'm not talking about like the the dark out rooms where you can't see where the tiles no, not are. Even, this wasn't I'm, even the dark out room. This I'm talking about the, the, the ghost stage. There's two blocks where 
the block itself is invisible. Like you could see the whole room. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Okay. I'm talking about I'll have safe to check place. it out. I'll have to check it out. The, the room right before it, you'll see the little orange guy, and he's jumping around, and he jumps on on one tile there, okay. and and it looks like water, like there's nothing there. Yeah. So there are like subtle okay. hints there, but you've got to be really looking for it. It's know? true because I completely missed it too until Kevin. I seen it on Kevin's. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Like again, it goes back to that that NES hard like attention to detail and trying to learn through your mistakes. Yeah. Um, me actually, I didn't cheat, but my second or one of my playthroughs, I got an NES advantage and kind of made a four directional gate for it. Oh, cool! <laughs> so that way, I, I was forced to jump in a grid pattern. Nice. And I think playing it with the advantage or the advantage is awesome. Oh, that's that's a neat thought. I never even thought of doing that. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I think the front of the box art should say. Under the Southern Cross, anything is possible, dot, 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 with a Nintendo Power, or dot, 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 with Game Facts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and uh, jumping diagonally is not possible under the Southern Cross, apparently. No, no apparently no, not. It's not. <laughs> no. Not until Star Tropics 2, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and Star Tropics is, it, I mean, I see it all the time in the wild. It's a $5 game, and just people have got to try it. It's, it's good for what it is. Yeah. And... I had a lot of fun, and I recommend people check it out. Just good way to kill some hours and brain cells. You know what? I agree. It's not expensive. If you see it around, give it a shot. You might like it. I agree. Or even it's load up an emulator. Hard. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But, oh, I was just gonna say, or even load up an emulator. Give it yeah. a try for free, and if you like it, buy the game. Yeah, test it out. It's it's not overly hard. It's just one of those games that. I don't know. It, it'll put hair on your chest. It's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of trial and error. Yeah, yeah it's not it's not a, like it's not twitch hard. You know, it's like it's not going to test yeah. your twitching skills. It's all going to be um I guess we were kind of talking about this before the podcast though, but uh I don't I I vaguely remember the ending of the game or what was happening at it because there was so much going through my head, like <laughs> stuff that I had to remember in the dungeon. It's like, okay, when you go in this room, you got to stand <laughs> over here. And then when you go into this room, you got to stand over here. And when you go in this room, the the way to go through is over here, you know, like you're trying to keep all this stuff in your head. Yeah. Uh, because if you if you do if like the, the game keeps you on your toes, oh, yeah. you can't be caught slipping. If you're caught slipping, <laughs> are dead, and you are yep. starting back at the beginning. That stupid wizard is coming up, or whatever her name is, and she comes up and <laughs> shaman. The shaman. She's like shaman. giving you the hand, you know. Like, <laughs> it's definitely also, one of those games where you feel like you're talking to the TV. You're like, all right, how are you gonna play this? All right, all right. I figured it out, and then they throw yeah. another curveball, and you're like, all right, it can't get any worse. And then, yeah. you know, all <laughs> right, you know, you're second-guessing the bottom line, you're just cussing the TV out. <laughs> yeah, you're right. At, at just do what time, I do. Just do what I do. Put a camera in front of you and <laughs> yep, <laughs> put it go. on YouTube while Let you're doing it. see it. That's right. I also think it plays by, like, video game rules. And by saying that, I mean, like, the first time you come across the three jumpy blocks, like, I looked at that for a while, and you kind of instinctively know... When you hit the second block, you're going to jump left or right. There's a reason why there's spaces to jump to that don't disappear. Mm-hmm. That, For me, I couldn't get the jumping across all three and then to the final platform. In one, like, it's You have to jump in this pattern. And looking at and playing Mega Man and other NES games at the time, it's just it kind of came instinctive to me that this is what's going to need to happen. Yeah, it, yeah. I just thought it was weird that 
Mike Jones can talk to dolphins, talk to parrots, <laughs> throw a morning star, catch it with his bare hands, yet he jumps like he has a rod up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if there isn't a ditch or something in front of him, he'll just jump straight up. He can't yeah. jump forward. That is just true. poor physics by the punch out team, but you know, the story's still good. Yeah, it's a it's a great game. And uh, it has it definitely has its quirks, but uh, I definitely recommend it to most people. If if you're at all interested, just give it a try. It's not expensive. So. If if you were to give it a letter a letter grade, what would you give it? Uh, ooh, uh, a minus. That all right? Let's let's I love for, Let's hit our scale. <laughs> What's an A plus to you? Let's say Legend of Zelda one is an A plus. Uh, I would say Legend Color of Dinosaur is an E. Probably an A. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely an F. Um, I'd probably put Mega Man two or three up as an A plus. Um, Legend of Zelda probably an A, and then Star Tropics probably an A minus. Wow, bold statements. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can B plus, B plus. Yeah, B plus is yeah, that's very good. I like that. I mean, I mean, ninety percent of it's fair. So, like needing the know to go through walls or needing to know certain things. That that's kind of where I got hung up on, and getting punched so hard for dying. <laughs> Yeah, you can't spell nostalgia without a couple A's, so I had <laughs> A. So <laughs> I'm definitely blinded by nostalgia. But hey, what, what would you, Kev? What would you rate it as? Oh, man. Uh, a letter? I, I, You know, I'm still wishy-washy. I don't know. <laughs> I keep well, we'll thinking, get back to you next, next month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I keep thinking like B+, plus, and then I think, oh, something, or B, I don't know. Maybe a B+, plus, maybe a B, maybe a B-, minus, somewhere in there. It's like All a right. 7 out of 10. You know? Okay. All right. How about you, Rick? I, I, I'm going to go with a B minus C plus. I feel like if Mike Jones actually went to class and learned how to jump instead <laughs> of going to baseball practice, he might actually be able to get an A yep, from uh, true. from Rip. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say C plus, and he's got to go to summer school to fix his grades. Well, there uh-huh. you have it, folks. <laughs> Our official ratings. <laughs> we should start doing that every podcast, I think. <laughs> I was wondering what, what you guys thought of uh, on the last level. Uh, it kind of turns into a almost like a 2d game did you did you guys feel that yeah at all? that's true yeah. like the plat like with the stormtroopers Bet- and stuff shooting at you with the window yeah be- between um uh zoda's first uh formation and his second formation uh you're you're going through and it's like you got to go down ladders and stuff like that and Just yeah. like it's still yeah he's still yeah he's still restricted in his movements uh but uh yeah, it kind of it kind of was like almost like a a beat 'em up. You had guys in windows shooting at you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, it's um, certainly different again. Yeah. <laughs> but I was I was really struggling at that in that part until I found out that if you fall down one of the traps, you're you're thrown into this room with a bunch of those right. hazmat suit guys, and uh, there's a pill in there, and you can yeah. take the pill and get get your health back but I, I felt like Han Solo in Star Wars when he runs around the corner and all those stormtroopers are in there they fall down it's like oh my god all these guys are in there but you don't have to fight them you can right. just uh, take off but, but if you do clear them out I did do that once if you do clear them all out mm-hmm. uh, a, a, there's another there's a secret room in there with uh, another super super laser no way which, which helps you out yep was but there it, any potion in that last uh, area? I think there might have been a potion and a super laser. I haven't edited that episode yet, so it's not. Okay. Uh, you know, I just played through it and, and went through it, but uh, the super, the super laser helps you out a lot on that. Uh, you know, when you have to take out the, uh, the engine of the ship. I yes. guess it is. Yeah. Uh, and it's really hard to take out with just the yo-yo or whatever, because basically 
you go in and and you you shoot at it and it'll close after some time and after yeah. it closes it regenerates yeah. so you have to keep hammering at it and that um that laser works really well against it if you get up on that first square yeah. right beside it you could take it out in in one shot oh wow right on yeah yeah i didn't know about any of that still learning things about this there, there you go <laughs> all right well let's take a second because a lot of people are playing along with us so let's take a second to read some comments sure uh, over on the forums we had uh J-Rock and Fitnet were both playing, and, uh, and I noticed I picked those two in particular because it looks like they're both stuck in the same spot at the at the Ghost Village, but yeah. it looks like uh, Fitnet just, uh, he finally got through it. But there's that uh, that Ghost Village that everybody seems to get stuck at at least once. It's, it's like I said, it's where the game <laughs> separates the men from the boys. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. we'll, You got to start remembering things and thinking yeah. what to do next, what being on your toes. Yeah, who else is playing? Surfcaster is playing Surfcaster, with his Surfcaster, yeah. 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 He got Chaster 6. That's pretty good. He's doing good. Dean was putting some time in, too. He yep. had to step away from it due to frustration. <laughs> <laughs> Common thing. We've all done at some point this yeah. past month. We've got a couple tweets here, too. Super Robot Power Hour, uh, Super Robot Power Hour was uh, playing along. He, he uh, let us know that he's an ace pitcher, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, And Kyle is playing, too. And Kyle puts up some pretty interesting screenshots too. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, was, yeah, he's good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we had a lot of people, people playing this month. It was very yeah. cool. It's a great game. Get people involved. But that's about it, guys. Uh, I, let's say we wrap this up. I guess. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, first, I just want to say thanks to uh, everybody for uh, for being here with us. I'm going to give you guys another chance to uh, to let everybody know where they can find you. Let's start with you, Rip. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at mail underscore bag. If you want to be one of the cool kids, you can follow me also at NARC Podcast, N-A-R-C Podcast, yeah. uh, North American Retro Collective. Uh, yeah, you can follow us on Podomatic as well, and we are on iTunes. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, which I update well, about a couple times a month. It's mainly just collection updates, and that is RIP Retro Special Delivery. It used to be Mr. Mailbag. You might be able to still find it under that. Um, but yeah, I just want to say I'm really glad to be able to make it to the podcast, and uh I wish P1 was here, but uh, I think he did an admirable <laughs> job filling in. Oh, thanks. And, uh, yeah, you yeah. did, Kev. Yeah, thanks for being here. We really, really appreciate it. And to everybody listening, if you like this podcast and you're not currently listening to the NARC podcast, you probably should because they are 100% retro. And uh, if you like us, you're definitely going to like them. So definitely, definitely check them out. Definitely second that as well. It's a great yeah. podcast. Yeah, for sure it is. And uh, all right, Doc, where can, uh, where can our fans find you? I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash Nintendo, all spelled out. And appreciate it. If you check out and subscribe to my YouTube channel, it's youtube.com slash Doctor, all spelled out. Right on. Yeah, and you've got a great channel, too. Actually, your channel sort of covers a lot of everything. And uh, one of the ones that really stood out for me was the games that you were looking forward to in the coming year. And oh, yeah. uh, you were actually shining light on some games that I wasn't even aware of, so... Yeah, definitely check out the Nintendo Doctor. He's got his uh, finger on the pulse for sure. All right, and uh, Kevin, you go ahead and plug yours too, man. Sure. <laughs> uh, Buried on Mars at YouTube. Go check it out. Uh, I did a whole playthrough of uh, Star Tropics, so you can check that out. Got some Super Mario Brothers playthrough on there too. It's not really a let's play though. I don't go through the entire <laughs> game. I just get to the good good bits. And yeah. uh, got some stuff coming up too. I finally got. Uh, my dad found my Commodore 64, 
that I mm. had when I was a kid. It's my Commodore 64. It's not some Commodore 64 I found lying around somewhere. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited to get into uh, doing a video about that. And uh, awesome. yeah, come come check me out. And uh, I just want to say thanks a lot, uh, uh, P1 and P2, for giving me this uh, chance to uh, host uh, for a little bit. I don't think I did too much. I kind of just goofed around at the beginning and then <laughs> I let P2 do all the heavy lifting throughout the show. Yeah, so, Kevin, you did awesome, man. Thank you so much for doing oh, this. Oh, thanks. Really thanks. It was great honor. I never thought, like, you know, it, just in case, too, I don't know what you guys are doing for next month for your one-year yeah. anniversary, but oh, just yeah. in case, I'd like to say thanks so much for putting together this club. It's been a great year. I, I never thought when I uh, signed up with you guys, you know, like, I was kind of <laughs> shy. You know, I did. You know, I was like, I don't know, should I do this thing or not? And it's just been a great experience since I jumped the board and playing all these games with you guys. It's so cool to do. It's so much fun to do uh, playing a game at the same time and sharing these experiences and getting to talk about it. I've just been dying to talk about Star Tropics. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just a great place to do it and so much fun. So thanks, guys. I know it takes a lot of work to put the club together. So thanks for doing that and. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to co-host with you. It's, it's uh, been a blast. You did a good thanks. job. You did a real good job. Yeah. Man. Well, thanks. Sure. Thanks. I, I nervous all day about it. Oh man, no. Oh, it was great. It was great. Yeah. The, the only moment of release I had is when I was dumping ice water on myself. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's a bad day when that's your uh, relief. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks so much, Kevin. It's been an amazing year. It's hard to believe that next month. Like a year ago today, we didn't know each other. Like that's crazy that this yeah. club didn't even exist. Yeah. And then next month will be the first year that uh, I think that's pretty amazing. And it, and it flew by. It felt like we we played about yeah. Yeah. four or five games. You know, not twelve. And I know on our thirteen. I know it's crazy. Speaking and next, of game thirteen, what is game thirteen? It's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be Secret of Mana, which uh, I've actually I've played like maybe five minutes of it. I've never really gotten. Oh, into you'll it. love it. Mm. Oh, I great can't game. love it. Yeah. Everybody's loving it. Everybody says it's great. So I I'm hate pretty... RPGs. <laughs> and you like it? <laughs> yeah, it's good. It is That's, good. That speaks volumes. So you better yeah. like it. No pressure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely be getting at least an A minus. I think. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really stoked about that. So once again, thanks everybody for being here. Um, we don't usually script an ending, so we usually just let the guests kind of say something. So uh, if you, anybody's interested in getting in on the club, head on over to www cartridgebros.ca and uh, and get in on the forums and and uh, get in on the fun. So with that, I'm going to leave it to you guys to uh, say something and uh, bring us home. Good night, guys. What's, what's the name of that guy that they think? What's his name? Howard Phillips? Yeah. All right. Thank you, Howard Phillips. Thank you, Howard Phillips. Thank you. What's that for an ending? That's a good enough ending for me. All right. I'm going to stop recording then. Pete the Parrot does cocaine. Ha <laughs>